The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Happy season of festivity, my beautiful friends. How did you do last week with deliberately integrating more play into your day-to-day experience? It was such a seemingly simple home play exercise, but it can be pretty profound when you really dedicate yourself to that. So I hope you had some good experiences with that home play. Today, I want to discuss an important topic with my insightful guest. As you know, here at Joy School, we define joy as a capacity for fully embracing every emotion that exists on the human spectrum of emotions, embracing each one to such an extent that it has the opportunity to flow through us unimpeded without coming up against any of that resistance or judgment that so many of us routinely apply to those certain emotions. And today, as we ease into the time of year widely heralded as the season of joy, we're going to talk about grief. Because quite often our expectation that we need to feel a certain way is the reason we don't allow ourselves the room to feel how we are authentically feeling. And holidays can be painful for those of us who have lost people dear to us, sometimes through death, sometimes through unwanted separations from people we've loved. You could even be grieving the loss of a job during this this uncertain time in history. So I've invited grief educator, author, and event producer, Paula Meyer, to share her wisdom with us today to help us embrace and accept all of our feelings during this time of year when emotions are often heightened. Welcome, welcome, Paula. I'm so happy you could be with me. Thank you, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So I know that you've done a lot of work around grief, and um, I saw you nodding your head as I was sort of doing that little intro. Do you want to expand on that idea before you know we move into any questions about grief? Well, um, 
I'll just quickly share a little bit about my experience. Um, in June 2018, my husband died from throat cancer, and it was a, a four-year journey um, from diagnosis to his death. And at the time, I was also working a very busy job as an event um, director. Uh, we were traveling internationally. I mean, we were just busy, busy all the time. And about nine months, well, actually, five months after his death, I found myself in the emergency room getting my appendix out. And um, at, as, as I started really thinking about that, you know, I've spent many years in, in self-help, self-education, spiritual, scientific work. And, um, you know, I know that, that grief and, and trauma and sad and angry emotions can sit in the body. And if we don't move them through, they can create physical illness and disease, right? So I knew that I had created that um, when I looked up um, in Louise Hay's book about what appendicitis is. It's, a, it's about a fear of life, a fear of flow. And, you know, I was losing my husband. I was, you know, uh, just or at, at that point I had lost him, but I had had those challenges in my body prior to his death, but I just ignored him. You know, I'm busy doing other stuff. I'm busy working. I'm busy taking care of my husband. And um, when we ignore those things, they build up over time and our body protects us as long as it can but then at a certain point it can't take anymore right so that was the the appendix you know saying i can't take anymore you know and they had to you know had to have an appendectomy right so um i just realized over time after his death that you know how we keep ourselves so busy that we 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 push all that stuff aside, and um, that's I mean it's it's good initially when you're grieving something to stay busy because it keeps you in in motion, it keeps you um, moving in life, but it doesn't necessarily help you move forward emotionally if you're suppressing all that stuff. So I ended up about nine months after his death, I resigned from my job, and I went on a year of travel, and um, that was really a great thing for me because it was, it gave me the ability to actually deal with my emotions, um, feel them, let them out, bring something else in that's, you know, a higher vibrational energy. And um, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of practice. I mean, you know, you don't just flip the switch and all of a sudden things change. Right. So um, it was, it was a great experience. I wrote a book about it. And um, then as my year of travel ended, COVID began. And so it was kind of a nice <laughs> segue from super, super busy to traveling the world, you know, kind of still super busy, kind of still ignoring things a little bit, um, planning my travel, but then you get into COVID and it's like, boom, I'm, I'm, what's the word sedentary. I, you know, I can't go anywhere. Right. So it was, it was actually a really nice process of really just kind of learning to be comfortable in my own skin to, um, really confront those those emotions that you were talking about earlier that um you know we suppress a lot of times and just really feeling through them so it's been you know it, it's been almost like three and a half years now since my husband passed and and i f i really feel like um you know i've i've dealt with it pretty well and so that's you know why i wrote the book and um yeah i just help other people get through it you know and one of the things that i realized too you mentioned losing it you know uh other relationships or leaving a job, you know, leaving my job was hard too, because, you know, you have that community and then they're gone. Right. And some of them come with you. Um, and some of them don't. And, you know, it's just like when you graduate from high school or graduate from college, you know, you don't always 
take that group of friends with you into life. And, but so you grieve them, you grieve the loss of them and you grieve, um, you know, so I just, I realized that, and especially with COVID, you know, I realized everybody's grieving something and, and grief isn't, um, you know, the, the mechanics of grief are very similar regardless of the loss. Um, you know, some, some's more traumatic, some's less traumatic, some, you know, losing a loved one is much harder, obviously, than losing a job, but it also depends on where you are. Um, your mindset is at the moment. So somebody who lost a job could just be really challenged with it just as much as somebody who lost their spouse, because you know, their mindset might be so, you know, their, their whole identity is in the job thing. And, 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 you know, maybe they aren't, haven't been seeking spirituality or, or something bigger than themselves. And so that can be just as hard. So, you know, I, I realized that, you know, you just got to take people where they are in their grief and accept where they're at, um, allow them to feel it and move it through. So it's just all kinds of stuff that I learned through the process. <laughs> long story short <laughs> so, so many threads i want to pull on there um i'll i'll start with yeah i do notice just with my my joy school community how grief can be stickier and more complicated when it's not something as clean and everyone understands it as a death sometimes we're, we're grieving things that are just more maybe we judge ourselves for, for grieving them. We don't think that we're entitled to grieve that way because we didn't lose our spouse or, or to have something that's such a, a clean, recognized grief experience. I, I have a family member that, um, that I'm grieving a lot this holiday season who left my family because he didn't approve of my support of my transgender daughter. And that's something that's just very sticky for me. I've done everything I can to, you know, to try to mend that because mm-hmm. I, I don't want that separation. That's an unwanted departure for me. And that's something that, you know, that, that my family's grieving in a, a little bit more complicated, sticky way. Right. So I think it is important what you what you say here, how, you know, whatever our grief is about, it's valid. We don't have to justify it to anyone, explain it to anyone. If we're feeling grief, we we got to be okay with ourselves with that grief. And you mentioned, you know, some different ways that you had come to terms and, and let yourself experience uh, what you were feeling. Do you want to, you know, share? Yeah, I think um, community we were talking yes. about is, is definitely yes. to have a, a community. That's definitely what we do at, at Joy School and my Oasis community is provide that for one another. Um, what are what are some other ways that are? Well, yeah, yeah, community is so important and and you need to think outside of your normal or usual community as well, because what I found is, you know, after my husband died, my current community at that point was just used to me with him. So I'm trying to practice a new version of me without him. Right. And my traveling was a part of that, but my, my current community was like, Oh, you can't do that. That's not safe. You shouldn't be a single woman out traveling the world. That's, you know, all these reasons why I shouldn't do things. So as, as I branched out and um, met new communities, met new, created new communities with my, my group on Facebook or whatever, that gives me an opportunity to be in a different community that doesn't know the old me 
and I can flourish as a new me, right? And that's what the travel was all about too, is that I could go to a, some country where I don't know anybody and I can just go be me. I can practice being the new me. And so I think with community, um, that's not to say that you have to get rid of everybody that's, you know, in your old community, like your, you know, your family or your friends or coworkers or whatever, but you just need to find people that support that newer version of you and can help you do that. Um, so I, that's a huge thing. Community is a huge thing. Um, the other thing is just, you know, connecting with spirit and um, what, in whatever way that is for you. And, you know, for me, I had a hard time connecting um, and one of the things that I started doing about three months into my travel was what I called, um, I called it the day tripper challenge. And the reason I called it that was because the Beatles is my favorite band, right? I love that mm -hmm. song day tripper. I love the idea of, the, of being able to like trick my mind, um, you know, into like a pattern interrupt day tripper to me sounds like a pattern interrupt, right? So I would, um, every day look for three things. I would look for something to be grateful for, and I would look for something, um, to laugh at. And I would look for something divine. So those three things, and I didn't, you know, I'm not a big journaler, so I didn't stress myself out, but I had to write all these long, big things about those three things each day. It's just one word. And so as I'm traveling, you know, my grateful might be um, a great cup of coffee, at a, you know, a little side diner that I found. Um, my great, uh, my something to laugh at might be myself, you know, maybe I made the wrong turn or, or um, maybe I found something funny or a funny road sign or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be profound, right? And the, the third thing divine, that could be a sunset or a sunrise or a beautiful flower. Um, so they don't have to be big life changing things, but the, the very fact of just looking for them keeps you present, right? So you're not thinking about, oh, my husband died. Why am I traveling by myself? You know, I should be retiring with him or I'm not thinking about the future and how scary it is, you know, and it, so it helped, that helped me get present. And, um, I really liked that simplicity of it. The other thing was tuning into my body. That that's been a really big thing to me is that I think, you know, we go through life a lot of times and, and we don't even really feel our bodies when we have pain, we just take a pill or we go to a doctor and instead of asking the body, actually talking to it, like it's a person, right? Cause it's part of us, right. You know, asking my knee, why are you hurting? Maybe researching, um, Louise Hayes book or, um, Ina, um, there's another lady, uh, a book called, um, secret language of the body, I think is what mm -hmm. it's called that goes into more depth about, you know, what does your right knee mean, right? When your right knee's out or whatever. So it's so important to check into that. And another thing that I started doing, um, is just a daily check-in with my body and actually touching the parts of my body, you know, taking five minutes to do that and just saying, I, I hear you and I love you. And, you know, I'm listening really, really, it's just about listening to your body. And I think, for a lot of us, our bodies don't trust us because we abuse them in many ways. Um, we don't feed them right. We don't speak to them right. We don't dress them right or dress them um, in a way that's right for the environment or whatever, you know, we, we don't do for our bodies. It over time, it doesn't trust us. So, so for me, that was, was, you know, it sends us messages and we don't listen. So, you know, Sometimes I'll just stop sending messages and then my appendix blows up. Right. <laughs> so I think that, um, you know, that was really important. Just 
befriending my body again and getting comfortable with it and letting it know that I'm here for it and I'm going to take care of you and we're doing this together. I absolutely adore everything that you were saying. <laughs> yes, this ties in so synchronistically with the work that we we do at Joy School. And I want to go back to that second thing, your your three-part daily practice. We um we we work with the reticular activating system at Joy School, which is that part of the brain that it's really recognizing that whatever we're looking for is what we're going to find in the world. And so when you set a deliberate intention to look for the example that's often given is when you want to buy a new car and there's one car that you might be thinking about, you start seeing it everywhere on the road. It didn't suddenly appear everywhere on the road. You just weren't noticing it before because your reticular activating system is so selective. So taking control of that and setting that intention to find the divine thing, the thing to be grateful for, the thing to make you laugh. That is just a perfect, um, perfect extension of a lot of the things that we've been doing in this podcast and in joy school. Well, and one of the thing about divine, I was talking with a a friend of mine the other day and he's like, well, I don't, what's divine. You know, I, a lot of times people think divine, I've got to have this big, like a, like an angel comes to me and I see an angel, right. Or I get, or I have a very um, lucid vision. Right. But, but the the divine isn't like that. I mean, I mean, it is, but, but it's simple. And so when you look at for the divine, that's why I said like a leaf. I mean, that is so divine. I mean, that's, so I think just, just changing what we think of as divine instead of this big thing out here that we can never really reach and looking at, you know, simple things like, you know, I got this lock. How divine is this? Who figured this out? Right. I mean, and, and when you start thinking of it in that way, that brings the divine in. Yeah. Absolutely. I know that you've studied with a lot of the same masters that I have, whose work I routinely teach at Joy School, the leading edge scientists of the day, like Lynn McTaggart and Joe Dispenza. I'm wondering how your understanding of energy and what's really going on here in this human experience, as these teachers so skillfully um, show us, how has your understanding of those principles influenced your grief work, do you think? Well, I, I think, um, you know, probably the biggest thing for me that, that, you know, when I went on my year of travel, I, I realized that, you know, there, there, a lot of the great teachers today, you know, they have really great um, ideas of, of how it all works and, you know, the energy of it and our mind and body and spirit and how it all kind of works together. Um, I, I didn't really feel like I knew enough about emotions and how how to really use those i mean they talk about those and everything but um in my busyness of my job all those years i i never really got to experience um the gift of emotions and feelings right and a lot of times um you know like i said we we push those aside because oh i shouldn't be feeling that or i shouldn't be doing this or i got to be doing that and, and we don't really allow ourselves to feel them, but our feelings and our emotions are so important to, um, you know, they're, they're our cues from the universe, from spirit, from our body, from whoever, our, our higher self about what we need to address in that moment. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure all of those teachers, I know they all talk about that. And, um, you know, sometimes we're not ready to hear it 
or understand it until we actually have the experience in front of it. So I think, you know, the, the death of my husband was kind of the, the catalyst that helped me realize, okay, I, you know, I, I've, I've really got to give my emotions and my feelings more um, focus, more, um, I got to be aware of them, right? I can't just push them down. I can, everybody can still work, right? And do things without addressing that stuff. I mean, you know, the human, the, the being a human allows us to do that kind of stuff. But if we really want to grow, we've got to um, really work through all that stuff. But the, you know, the science behind all of it, I think is so amazing. I mean, I think it's so important to understand how, you know, physiology works, how the brain works, um, how the energy outside of our body works and um, being able to understand that on a, on a, uh, intellectual level is really important, but then you got to take from that intellectual and actually experience it. And I think a lot of times um, I, I've been guilty of not taking it to that next step. It's like, oh yeah, I understand. I get it. I get it. But then you never take it out into life. So I think, you know, the, the biggest disservice we do to ourselves is take all this education in and then not do anything with it. So um, I, I've just, just been grateful that I've had the opportunity to learn from a lot of different people. Um, and, you know, each teacher has a unique way of sharing that information. So I think it's really important that we um, experience many different teachers because they'll reach us in different ways. They'll connect energetically in different ways that help us connect the dots. So that's exactly, exactly right. Um, we just to, to go into what you just said there, this is called the do joy podcast, because that's what we always say. We're not here to learn about it. Well, I'll teach you about it. We'll learn the, the background, but you got to go do it, bring it into your life to have right. a vibration elevation, to have an actual shift in energy and what you're creating. You've already given us some really solid tools that we can make the home play. But if there was one thing that listeners could do, take into their lives to help them accept their feelings right where they are, wherever they are right now. And it's okay if you say that thing I already said, <laughs> because you've already given us some great ideas, but I just want to make sure you have the opportunity if there's anything else that you could help us to um, do what you just said, to take the teaching, the understanding and apply it right there in the red hot moment of our lives. Yeah. I, I think probably the biggest thing is just allowing the feeling to, to, to feel it to, and, and no matter, and not to be afraid of it, no matter, you know, if that's tears, if that's yelling, if that's anger, if that's, you know, whatever, um, that energy, that lower vibrational energy is stuck in the body, right? And um, it's there for you to do something with. And your job is to help the body move it out. And um, so the process of doing that is feeling it. So you, you've got to allow yourself to feel it you know, in a safe place, wherever, what I found for me is nature. Nature is a great place to go out. You know, you can go sit by a tree, um, you know, talk to the tree, you know, somehow, you know, just talking sometimes out loud and hearing your voice, um, say how you feel, um, is, is really empowering. And, you know, you can do that in the shower, you know, it can be done anywhere in the car while you're driving, but, but it's just key to feel the emotions because if you don't feel them, they're, they're, they're not going to move. And then the second thing, once you've felt them and, and allow them to move out is you've got to bring 
energy back in that's a higher vibration. Because if you don't, the body's used to that lower vibration and it's going to attract that in, right? So you've got to consciously put effort into bringing higher vibration in. So I think that's probably more than one thing, but. <laughs> no, that's all beautiful. We call it um, raising our set point because we all have that set point and we want right. to, we have to deliberately pay attention to it so that we can right. raise the set point. And I think yeah. we've been programmed to be afraid of certain emotions and certainly grief is one that we would rather not feel. So we keep shoving it down or putting it aside. And um, I'm trying to remember the beautiful quote because I don't know exactly what the quote was, but something that we talked about recently here about grief is love grief is not to be feared because all it is is love and right and what could be a higher vibration feeling than that right right and that you know i think for me especially around the holidays especially with you know thanksgiving that just happened um you know there's nothing wrong with with grieving i mean grief is grief is going to be with you all your life because you know whatever that thing is that left your life it was important enough for you to grieve it right because you loved it yeah. whatever a person a job a place whatever um so it's important to allow yourself to remember the good things about it a lot of times people in in when they're grieving think of all the terrible things you know and i like to think about you know like thanksgiving the last thanksgiving i had with my husband he had throat cancer he had a, um, a trach in a feeding tube so he couldn't eat but he loved to cook and he cooked me a thanksgiving dinner and we had i like to say it was a, a thanks you know meal for one but dinner for two right because he sat there with me and asked how it tasted and you know and so it was a really beautiful gift that he gave me so i choose to remember that um when i'm when I start feeling sad, I, I want to remember the, the good things about um, him or the good things about my job or the good things about, you know, whatever. And I, I think that's um, a lot of times that's hard for people grieving. Essentially, you're looking for the gift in it, right? What's the gift in it? And uh, I really, truly believe that no matter the tragedy, no matter how horrific, terrible, whatever, there's always a gift in it because it's an opportunity for us to learn a little bit more about ourselves, learn a little bit more about, you know, what we can do. And so I know that's hard sometimes for people grieving. I know sometimes when I say that in my groups, you know, I sometimes get the pushback, like there's nothing good in it. There's nothing good in it. And it's like, I, I think there is. And I, I like to say like, um, even very mundane stuff like um like when my husband died what's one good thing well i learned how to get all of my hair out of the bathtub drain right that's not a, necessarily a good thing but it's something new i learned right so so there's all these new things that happen you know i learned you know i drive at night now or i can manage my finances now or i can easily meet people um whatever that good thing is there's always something that you can find in a in a tragedy that's a good thing and i think that's important that's very important it's meaning you know like david kessler talks about meaning mm -hmm. um you have to find meaning in um in what's happened to you in order to move forward absolutely that was beautifully articulated Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further 
allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24 through 26, at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. I know that you produce events and you were telling me briefly about a Joyline journey, which is right up the alley for my listeners. Tell us about that and, and also how people can find you and, and stay in touch with you. Um, I'm actually going to Florida in a few weeks to site visit um, a, a venue there. And the idea behind it, my my um, business partner, Mona Lisa, and I um want to create an, a, a retreat where it's not about sitting in a classroom all day, you know, and, it, and we call it Joyline Journeys because, um, you know, it's a journey, right? The journey is finding joy. And Joyline, um, I found that word somewhere, I don't remember where, but but the meaning of it was like where, where you're consciously actually finding joy every day. As you go down your line or whatever, you're finding joy in every every moment. And, and it's important to bring that joy back in. But what we want to do in these retreats is not be sitting in a classroom all day long because, you know, that's not life, right? Yeah. I mean, it's great. Like we were talking earlier, knowledge is great, but we actually want to um, do other things. So what, we might spend a couple hours in the morning and then we're out doing stuff, you know, whether that's um, being on the water or trapezing or, or doing yoga or going to a spa or whatever. Um, and it's really about just taking care of ourselves, um, you know, just self-care, you know, putting ourselves first and, and honoring who we are. And so it's probably going to be like a three-day event. Um, we're looking at late September and, um, and I'll, I'll give you my current website, but it's probably going to be changing it a little bit. We're kind of redoing things, but greatlossgreaterlove.com is my website for my book. And I currently have everything on there, um, but we're probably going to be switching over back to my business website. Um, when we launched the book, we created a whole new you know, website and all that. But um, so all the information will be on there um, when, when we're ready to launch. So probably, you know, we're going to do the site visit. It's probably going to be a month or so before we're ready to put everything in place, sign the contracts and all of that. But it's just going to be a great w- way to... Um, to connect and get together. And I have another uh, lady that I'm working with to do more sacred journeys. And those are um, um, heart-based. It's it's the journey of the heart kind of thing. And those ones we want to do like sacred tours, like we might go to Glastonbury or we might go to Tulum and, and Cancun and it's more spiritual kind of a thing. So I've got a couple, couple things I'm working on and really it's all about just you know, I love travel, so I, I want to always incorporate travel in whatever I'm doing because I think, you know, that's that's what helped me. Well, thank you so much, Paula, for sharing all of this with oh, us today. Welcome. This is totally uh, perfect for this time of year, I believe, and it will help a lot yeah. of people. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you, Lisa. Happy holidays. <laughs> you too. So, my darlings, I want to bring your attention back to one of the things Paula mentioned early in this conversation. She talked about busyness, how we use busyness to not feel. This is a busy time of year, my loves, and it's also a time of heightened emotions. 
So let's stay cognizant of that equation. Let's stay aware of our hearts. If you've been following the Do Joy podcast for a while, then you're very familiar with the practice of checking in periodically, checking in with your own true self, asking yourself, darling, what are you feeling? Darling, what do you need? Now is a good time to reinstate that practice if you've let it lapse, and especially if it feels like you're too busy to do it. You might not feel festive cheer every moment of this holiday season. You might feel sadness. You might feel grief. You might not even intellectually understand what you're feeling. It doesn't matter. You don't ever need to justify your feelings, not to yourself or to anyone else. You don't need to defend your feelings or explain them. You just need to let your sweet self feel them through and through, whatever they are. They're a valid and real part of you, so they deserve your love and respect. For home play this week, let's commit to Paula's three-part daily practice of finding one thing to be grateful for, one thing to laugh about, and one thing to represent the divine. It's a really lovely triad. Journal your findings every day if you can do that. Many of you who've been doing the home play every week have reported to me that the journaling step, that's always optional, of course, but you've told me that that journaling step makes a huge difference in the integration of this work. So I can't encourage that enough. In Joy School, we learn to work with our reticular activating system. If you've been with me for a while, you know that you have a perception filter that determines how you experience reality. Your filter is made up of all the beliefs you've absorbed and accumulated throughout your unique human journey. You're not experiencing reality in remotely the same way anyone else is. And you can expand your filter, actually redesign it, by learning to work with your reticular activating system, that part of your brain that decides what you notice and thereby is deciding what you allow into your experience. So this practice Paula talked about of deliberately challenging yourself to find these three things every day, it's a great warm-up exercise for the work we do in Joy School, where you learn to sustainably elevate your vibration and recalibrate your set point for joy so that joy just becomes your default setting. So let me know how you do with this. I'd always love to hear from you. You can message me at lisamccourt.com or at my Facebook page, Lisa McCourt Author. I'm writing a new book alongside a program I'm about to launch called A Year of Joy. And one feature of that book is sidebars where joy schoolers write their experiences in their own words with their names printed if they'd like. So I want to extend that same invitation to you podcast listeners. If you want to tell me about your experience with any of these practices, just send it to me in an email through the site. There's information at the site about the Year of Joy program too that's about to start. So take a peek. We'd love to welcome you. And and since it's the season of giving, I want to send a book out this week to everyone who shares that kind of update with me. It can be signed to anyone you'd like. It can be I Love You Stinky Face or one of its sequels for a little person on your holiday shopping list. 
or one of my grown-up books for you or for you to gift. We can correspond about that when I hear from you with your update about your joy practice. Go have an emotionally honest week, my darlings. I love you. See you soon. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.